All right, we are rolling right into another episode here in season four of Tap Into College Golf. I'm your host, Brandy Jackson, and I am hanging out here in my home office in Greenville, South Carolina, after a wonderful week of the Lady Paladin Invitational, which is here in my backyard at Furman University, which is where I went to school. I got the great chance to watch the team bring home the team win, and Anna Morgan won individually with a record-setting just performance that she had over the weekend, so it was great to get out there and, and support those Lady Paladins and and what they what they were able to accomplish along with getting to spend some time with some other coaches actually last week's guest coach Gary at Western Kentucky was there um, my next guest which will be coach Baker from James Madison him and his team was there uh, one of my girls is there playing so I had a great chance to catch up with a lot of the coaches and some of my players out there so just a great weekend on top of a big win from the USA uh, in the Ryder Cup, which was lots of fun to watch, as I'm sure many of you caught up with. Uh, so just a great weekend, great fall weekend, and had a chance last week to catch up with this guest that I have on this week, um, which just super grateful that the coaches will take the time to chat with me and, and you know just spend a little bit of time during their day, during this fall season, just to capture what's going on. What you know, what they're doing with the team, how they're prepping for tournaments, um, you know, just how things are, um, just you know, as a whole, there at their their school, their university, their program. And this week is a little different perspective as an Ivy League program, um, just to give a little bit of insight on what that process looks like with just a uh, an outstanding coach and Coach Amy Weeks, who is there at Columbia University in the great city of New York City. So thanks for joining us, and hope you will enjoy. Enjoy this episode. Super excited to have the Columbia University head coach, Amy Weeks, on here with me. Welcome to the show. Hi, good afternoon, Brandy. Wonderful to, to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah, so I know we've talked off and on. You've got one of my girls there that's playing for you. So, you know, the last couple of years, I know we've done a good bit just in terms of kind of learning uh, myself, learning more about the Ivy League process and, and what that looks like. And, and, you know, I know you came from a bigger D1 background initially coming in. So just talk a little bit about, I know it's your eighth year there, but just you've, you've seen a couple of different sides of athletics as an associate AD, different things like that. So just kind of fill us in on your background that led you into coaching in general and then being there at Columbia. Yeah. Coaching in general is, uh, was a long, long time ago in, uh, 1997 at, at Oklahoma state. And I was finishing my career at, at OSU as a player and uh, had a very lackluster uh, senior year. Uh, I'd come off a shoulder surgery my junior year, bad, re- bad at rehab, bad at getting back into the mental uh, side of it and played pitifully my, uh, my fall of my senior year, just gross golf. And um, anyway, I was talking with Coach Pitts throughout that year. She kept putting me in the lineup and trying hard and that was pretty pathetic. So that was the end of that. And <laughs> And let the younger players that were doing better, you know, continue. And she said to me uh, in the late spring, she had had a change uh, in an assistant coach. We'd had our uh, somebody that somebody that had come in. She said, hey, do you think you'd be interested, you know, in staying around? Maybe help me out. And I was like, huh. And so that summer, then we were able to, to work something out. And I, I never dreamed that I would be a golf coach. I never dreamed that I would be in the golf business. Um, I'd studied, uh, 
cultural and historical geography in college, very interested in, in anthropology, going to graduate school, possibly teaching. I was very interested in the rest of the world, traveling, doing all these crazy things that I had never gotten a chance to do because I'd always played golf. And um, But she offered me a job for $8,000, I think it was my first year as an assistant coach, but I had benefits. And I thought, well, that's a lot more than my scholarship was, so I can make this work. And um, I stayed in Stillwater that first year to kind of see what it was was like. And it was it was wonderful. And and she and I developed a, a different kind of relationship. I began learning different things about um, helping other people with golf. And it became an instantaneous way for me to give back to Oklahoma State and to give back to my coach that had given so much to me. And I decided to, to make a go for it. So um, so that's that. And then what, so what have, I know, um, so you were there for a while and then didn't you kind of flip-flop to the other side of a little more on the administrative side of things? How was that? What perspective did that maybe bring to you that um, kind of changed? I know you got even a little bit on a business aspect of things and then got back into coaching there um, yep. at Columbia. Wow. You're good, Brandy. I don't know how you keep off track of all that. Well, well it's ironic because I usually do my homework literally like five minutes before we start. Hey, good. Well, very that's, fresh. that's good. I have a quick and easy story. So that's fine. Good for you. I, um, I, I did. So I, I finished coaching uh, in 2004. And in that spring, I was offered a job um, being an associate AD, our longtime senior woman's administrator. Her name was Ann Bear. Um, who was really the only uh, woman in the athletic department that had ever been in a leadership position in modern athletics at Oklahoma State, um, was re retiring. And the then athletic director asked me if I could help out. And um, I saw it as an opportunity to try to be transformative in, in other women's sports at OSU, uh, sports that didn't have coaches like Ann Pitts or Mike Holder, um, coaches that didn't have the opportunities you know, with facilities and the access with donors that, that we had had. Um, you know, playing in, in an elite college program. Um, so it was an opportunity for me to try to help out some other sports and use that knowledge that I had gained um, from Ann and Mike and, and try to help those teams get better. And, and we, we did that. And it was hard, hard work. It was fantastically fun. I loved every minute of it. Um, I loved watching other teams be successful. I loved hiring and firing coaches. Um, I hope the coaches that I fired aren't listening to this because that was, you know, it was part of the job and it was an exciting time to put a coaching list together and see if you could, you know, bring somebody to the table to make a team better. Um, so it was, it was really fun. And, uh, you know, Mike and I got to work together after one year with the, with the other AD that, that asked me to be an associate athletic director. And, and we had a grand time. Uh, there was days that were real struggles. Um, there were days that were really, really hard but most days were really, really great. And um, I'm grateful for that opportunity. I learned a lot of business and marketing um, about sports. I got to work with ESPN on game days and football. Um, I got to work with Jumbotron production. I got to do all kinds of oh, wonderful things awesome. and skills yeah. that I learned that I, that I, that I, I don't use now, but are wonderful experiences um, about how to lead teams of people, um, hiring and firing practices, you know, just run the gamut. You know, it was a wonderful thing. Um, and I guess I could just keep going and that in, I don't know what year that was, uh, 2011 or so, you know, my then partner and I, in about 2010 got really restless in Stillwater. Um, I don't think that it was a place that I could continue to, to live much longer in my adult life. I'd lived there for 18 years. 
Um, you know, and from that position, if I'm not going to be like a deputy AD or the athletic director, probably not the best place to stay unless you just really want to live in Stillwater forever. Yeah. And I had decided that I didn't. Um, so we decided to move to New York City and I um, helped my sister open a business. And then we I actually am an owner still technically in a second business. Um, in New York. And I also worked for her husband for a little bit in, the, in some production work. Um, he does some stage management in New York back then and um, not so much post COVID, but, um, but I did that for, for three years living in New York city. And um, just to answer the quick question about the personal business side, that's probably the worst decision I ever made. Um, I have only lost money doing that and I have not risk adverse. So I, 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 it was horrible and scary and I hated it and my sister loves it and I, I don't like it. And yeah, uh, it's funny. It's funny. The difference in, you know, thankfully businesses has done well and succeeded, you know, for me, but the difference in how friends of mine who have, you know, their regular job and they get their salary and they see me and just how this, like, it's just this constant, like grind of things and yeah, grind. you know they, Ooh, we're on so different pages of what that looks like. And, you know, we have our different challenges. One is not better one may have more challenges than others but it's just in different ways so I can um can understand yeah how how different that is and especially going like I said from a little more stability and things oh, like yeah. that and you know the the freedom to do things sounds great but it comes at a price of, of uncertainty and, and it does stability. yeah I had had all those years of institutional benefits in retirement you know yes and yeah you, you throw me into the throw me into a, a absolute meat grinder um my, my computer just popped up a message that I need to uh, reboot or something. I need to click this uh, app, remind me tomorrow. Okay. Remind me a different day. Yes. Um, anyway, <laughs> I, know I get that one. It's always like, remind me tonight. And then I forget to plug my computer in and, sorry and remind me again interrupt. the next day. Sorry for the interruption, but um, oh, you're good. You're good. So then, you know, so then I, I did that. And then, you know, when Carrie Williams went to Rutgers and I was like, I was like, no, I can't do that. I don't want to do that again. And, uh, and, and we're, we're friends and we're, I was helping her a little bit with the program. And so I knew a little bit about Columbia, not much, but just enough to be dangerous. And, um, and then uh, they called and said, Hey, would you do this? And I was like, no, 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 no. I've already done that before. I'm not going to coach golf. And, uh, you know, I'd committed to this business, um, which is called R and D foods in Brooklyn, New York and prospect Tots. You should all check it out. Yeah. And, uh, then uh, my sister said, well, you're an idiot. And I said, well, what do you mean I'm an idiot? We got to do this thing. We got to make the shop work. And she said, you love athletics and you love golf and you're an idiot if you don't go talk to them. And I said, fine, I'll go talk to them. Yeah. And then that was that. And so yeah. then here I am eight years yeah, later. Eight years later. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you you know, clearly got a, a, a great spot there. I mean, I know we were talking about kind of the issues and we we're going to talk about it, you know, kind of being landlocked and obviously college golf in New York city is, is, is different and tough and, and not the same as, you know, other places. And like I said, Stillwater, Oklahoma and, and things like that. Um, so, you know, let's just kind of get right into that. Talk a little bit about, um, you know, the, the current things with the program and, and just what all it is there at Columbia, what some of those challenges may be as far as trying to, uh, we'll keep it kind of specific there to Columbia in general, just sure. in terms of your program. And then we're going to talk a little bit about kind of just the, the Ivy League side of things and what that looks like as a whole. But, you know, what are some of the things there that, again, the challenges and then the, the good aspects of it and everything there at Columbia? 
right? I think the the challenge, I'll do the challenges first. I think the challenges are obviously we're landlocked, right? So we we travel just like any you know city, whether you're in Los Angeles or whether you would be in San Francisco area or you know Chicago area, probably even some Florida towns that are bigger, right? That have traffic mm-hmm. now. Um, probably didn't used to be that way 15 years ago or so, but but I think I think now you know there's so much influx of golf and tea times and more people playing the game, I think, than ever before. Um, and even po- obviously, well, we're still in the pandemic, obviously. So I hate to say post COVID, but we could say like post lockdown, right? Like yeah. golf courses, tee times are harder to get. Doesn't really matter where you are. Um, so we, we have struggled with um, the facility issues are hard for us here. And we get in, in the van together and we go to practice. I drive and, uh, and it's, it takes us a very willful, I'll use that word, a willful commitment from a player who wants to go to school at Columbia University, which was just yesterday announced the number two ranked um, university in the United States. So you're gonna go to school there all day, right? You're gonna take your four to six classes that semester, and then you're gonna get in the van and go 40 minutes, and then you're gonna practice two and a half, you know, sometimes three hours. You're gonna get back in the van, come, come back to campus, and then you have to feed yourself and you have to study and do work for a few hours. Um, and then you then you rinse uh, or wash and repeat that almost every day for a very short, intense periods of time. Um, and so that's one of the better things I think about the Ivy League and golf and collegiate athletics is you do have different breaks, Brandy, in in the schedules, right? So they're they're a little more compressed. Um, so you get a very intense September, a very intense October. And then you're really in six hours a week, um, all of November, and then a very short time in December. So things, things really change and fluctuate, and you get a little bit of, I call it pressure valve um, release. Um, so, so yeah, the greatest thing about Columbia, I think, is that Columbia is in New York City. And, you know, I've fallen in love with this place. I live personally in Brooklyn, but you know, whether you're in Manhattan or in Brooklyn or wherever you are in the, in the boroughs. I mean, I have, I'm, I just am in love with those two places. It's just a wonderful environment. It is a, a very, um, it is a very human place to live. You know, we live, we live with other people um, that we don't know. And we say hello to them every day. Um, It is a, it is an experience like, like no other. you know, so it is just, it's a wonderful environment to live in if, if you like it, right? Yeah. And, um, and it just offers so many opportunities um, to our athletes, you know, to our, to, to, to a person, any person can, you know, do 5 billion thousand things on any given day. And um, it's just kind of a very energetic, um, it's just a very human place to live. I don't, I don't know how else to explain it. You know, you're yeah, kind of I, living, it's kind of living with a bunch of cousins, right? Yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't know. A yeah. bunch of extended cousins. Well, I love, I've always been just this kid at heart when it comes to New York City. I mean, grew up small town, but definitely seen a lot of the country, but I've always said like, obviously I feel like I've gotten too old to do it now, especially as a <laughs> single person just to up and go move to New York City. But I mean, it's just, you just love that, that energy that's there and just how people are like it, just the diversity and how different. Yeah. And, you know, I've always said, I just would love to go live. Now I don't know that I could have done college golf there. That would be tough for sure. It's, it's intense. I'm not yeah. going to lie. Yeah. It would be different, especially coming from the South to do that and a little slower pace at that age 
would be, you know, would be tough, but I can only imagine, like I said, how different, but yet the, the challenges, but yet the, the benefits that you get from it and how you get to, um, you know, like I said, you've just got such culture and diversity and energy and everything around you that it's just got to be such a unique experience for the players. And like you said, that kind of, um, you know, really tight schedule that you've got for a little while. And then, it, you know, you get a little bit of that taken off and, and especially being an Ivy League that changes a little bit of the priorities during those times versus some other schools where it's still such a golf grind constantly, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. um, you get to balance that a little bit. Uh, well, tell me, let's kind of talk just a little in general about kind of the Ivy League recruiting admissions process, which I know is different. I've you know kind of worked with all all the different kind of Ivy League coach, Ivy League coaches, some more than others, and I know all that is kind of different. But just a little bit in terms of what that looks like from an athlete side of things, how that changes the the timeline for you know identifying recruits and and any of that. So just shed a little bit of light on that. Sure, um, I think I mean everything is pretty much you know, baseline for, for all of us in, in, in the league is that we really needed to see junior year transcripts. You know, you can go out on a limb um, occasionally, right. And you can kind of predict, right. You see a freshman, a, a freshman transcript, freshman year transcript, sophomore year transcript, but then you really, you really have to see that junior fall. And, and when you haven't seen the junior fall yet, you're really taking a, a leap of faith. That's kind of, kind of crazy. Um, in a perfect world, you've seen the whole year and everybody's still on the same page. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of obviously academic proof that you have to come to terms with before you get, you know, to a place where you can offer kit and any a player, um, you know, an academic support. Um, but. But yeah, I mean, and then the golf and that is you know, some of the best players in the country have committed to Ivy League schools. I mean, especially recently, you know, Princeton has some tremendous um, players that are um, have committed to, to them. And, um, you know, it's just kind of like a total open world now. I think I think it's been I mean, I don't I don't know. I just think it's 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 fantastic. I mean, the golf has improved the eight years that I've been here. I mean, my gosh has the league changed yeah yeah oh yeah again i, I mean I it's that. just it's just nuts we ought to look at the numbers someday that would be a fun follow-up yeah. podcast I have to do that I have to look uh, at some ivy league numbers there i mean it's it's great it's 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 crazy yeah. uh, in a good way um yeah yeah so great players want to come try it out great players you know want to come play golf in, in the in the northeast and they're going to sacrifice some things You're very hard, obviously, to be an All-American nationally in, in the Ivy League because of our limited playing opportunities. Um, statistically difficult to, to advance um, to a national championship just because yeah. you don't have a lot of that head to head experience. But, uh, you know, I, I expect somebody to make a run at it in the next yeah. three years. Yeah. Yeah. That, well, I mean, and it's what I kind of Again, I always say it's a great thing. It's a it's a great thing to say, but I mean, you've got so many girls that play golf that are really good academically. Oh yeah, I mean that so number's they, true no matter what. Yeah. yeah. So when they have to eliminate that super top ranked golf because they know yep. okay, I'm not quite there. A lot of times it's the Ivy Leagues that come in, and then some of those other you know mid ranked uh, golf programs that yep. you know they see and they think okay, they're not super strong, so I can go there. You know, my golf's good not realizing the, the recruiting side of that is extremely competitive. And then, totally. you know, like I said, tying into the financial piece of it and the admissions piece of it just starts to have so many moving pieces to it that it's, you know, it's, you don't want to um, make it sound so difficult, but it is, you know, because there's, like I said, there, it's such a competitive 
academic world mm-hmm. with women's golf. I feel like that a lot of people just don't, I think that's as much of a mind blown thing for a lot of girls going into the process that as it is this whole, there's all this scholarship that goes unused. It's not necessarily the case. I think it's as much, they just don't realize how many of these girls that play golf are really good academically. Yeah. I, think, I mean, everybody's really good academically and, 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 and then, and then international players are really good academically. Yeah. So you, it's, 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 it's competitive all the way around. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and then to your point, you know, limited number of spots. So you have, you have, um, you have six, um, Ivy league programs, you know, thank God Dartmouth came back Yeah. yeah. and, and it's, uh, so say you take two players a year on average, even if we, you know, went up, uh, went up, went up with a 0.5, what does that get us to, to 15 or so, yeah. you know, that's not, that's no, not very many no. players. No. So, you know, I don't know what the number is. You probably know the number of high school players playing golf, you know, I actually did. I tried to run and I know some people have done some numbers, but they're always doing it under the assumption that all schools have six scholarships. And so then when they divide that up, they're like, oh, every girl should get this amount of money. And it's right. like, it doesn't quite work like that. Yeah, um, I mean, we just, we just, you know, it's a, like the, the number of the hundreds of thousands of kids, you know, playing high school golf and to think 15 of them would come into the league or less a year, 12 to 15, yeah. I think. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, that's, that statistics nuts. We yeah, should, we yeah. Should, when you think we should know that, that, but I don't, but I don't know it. But um, I knew it as a whole. I said, I did a little bit. I'm, I'm, I love knowing, figuring stuff out. I'm not a huge like data statistic kind of driven person, but there was some article I wrote. I think it did tie into the scholarship mm-hmm. side of things. It talked about how many girls are playing golf in high school. And then obviously then you break it into the ones who play competitively And, you know, like I said, one of the reports is always this assumption that there's fully funded scholarships at every program. And so when you start pulling that out and then you start, it just, all of it's just, um, the the numbers don't quite add up the way people think it does on paper. So my have to do a little, uh, a little homework on that. And and then remember lastly, the, the Ivy league, there, there are no financial, there are no athletic scholarships, only, only financial aid from the university and, and any family can apply to that, uh, university wide. And so, you know, the university will accept your financial aid application and they'll, they'll read your, what they'll read your need as a family and they have their parameters. There are some differences between Ivy's and those parameters. Um, you know, they don't go around telling us what those differences are, but you know, with coaches chatter, we're like, well, we don't do that. Well, somebody does that. Well, who does that? Well, who does this? Yeah. So there are some differences there that we've learned. I don't, you know, I wouldn't be able to put that into words at all, mm-hmm. but I do think there are some differences in how universities read those financial aid need um, conversations. And then yeah. you just kind of go from there. Yeah. Glad that was one thing I was going to ask you. Uh, yeah. They call it need, need, means. need blind. So anybody can apply. Gotcha. Okay. Good. Good to know. And I'm sure everybody out there again, kind of under, I think a lot of people are aware that there's not actual athletic money, but don't quite understand what that looks like. I think just people in, in general, outside of even athletics, not understanding what the Ivy league process is as far as um, admissions and financial aid and financial mm-hmm. need and everything. Um, right. So, and, and to be clear about the, the admission support. So all we do is we identify a candidate, right. And then we tell that candidate that we will support them in, in the admissions process. And from, from then on out, um, it is that candidate's job to present themselves to admissions like everybody else with the common application and the Columbia supplements 
And um, you're familiar with the likely letter process in, in, in the Ivy League where they will review the um, they will review the application and then they, and then the department can say that you are a likely candidate for admission, but it is not a guarantee. Yeah. Um, yeah. They can also withdraw admission in your senior year. Um, if you do not meet the benchmarks that have been that have been laid forth, so it's a it's arduous, and it, that really doesn't end. I had a call one time, Brandy, uh, two weeks before school. It was one of my early years, and they said uh, this person didn't do X Y Z their senior year in high school, and we are considering rescinding their admission. Oh wow! And I didn't even know what to do. I mean, I yeah. I was in like year two or three, and it was intense. I yeah. was like, what? I was like, well, what? how did, you know, like the fact that they just realized that two weeks before mm -hmm. school starts. Well, evidently the transcript coming from the school was late and maybe there was some lag of communication there on all parts. The, That's and crazy. I mean, it was intense. I was yeah. like on the phone. I didn't even know what to say. I was like, uh, but school starts next week. You know, yeah. it was, it was intense. Like she's going to be here. Like we mm -hmm. kind of can't do that. Like mm -hmm. what? Yeah. That's crazy. Well, mm -hmm. and like I said, a lot of that's so separate. Again, you got bigger athletic departments that work with admissions and it's kind of open um, enrollment. There's yeah. obviously no such thing here. Yeah. Yeah. Much, much different. And you say that even, you know, kind of relating to the D3 side of things and some of the other academics, not mm -hmm. maybe quite to that degree, but you do see that a little bit where it's just kind of two separate departments as well they don't work together quite in the same sense that a bigger athletic department athletic school would do sometimes so um, you got it a little more a little more less out of less control that you have there um well one last no kind of no, thing con no control let's no be control clear. I guess that's a better <laughs> word no control better word there for that yes yes well let's um one last little bit just about that and then we're gonna talk just to touch a little bit on some of the the team things I know you all got a tournament coming up and like to kind of talk a little bit real time with that but I'm just kind of curious what some of your girls have gone on to do after Columbia in terms of you know jobs degrees internships what something like that looked like coming out of Columbia uh -huh, right. for those girls right let's see we have um we have one player um I'll just we have a player that's a pilot we have a player who's playing professional golf in Asia um this is just in my my last experience we have um statistics and uh, data analytics, you know, specialty specialists. Um, we have lawyers. We have, um, let's kind of go through here, see how many I can and remember. You know, I'm terrible. You don't know this. I'm terrible at running through lists without people's names. Um, oh, I have all of my girls. I literally keep this list like right above my computer yeah. so that when a coach calls or something, I'm sitting right. looking at like this list of my players. So we have um, uh, marketing. Um, managers in, in startup companies. Okay. Um, we have bankers. We have entrepreneurs. We have uh, a player on our team recently crush the MCAT. Huh? Literally cool. crush. Um, cool. We have other people going to law school. Um, Who else out there? Anybody yeah. done? Is it or we said cats? Any a lot of very much going through medical or anything like that? They've gone on to med school. Just the only one that I know of in recent past is is the current is the yeah. current one. Okay. 
who just oh. crushed the MCAT. Yeah, that's awesome. But, um, but yeah, but, um, and then uh, we've got some that are into banking in the coming years. And, oh, and computer science. So at, at Google, we have a player at Google. Um, very neat, very neat, very yeah. Very diverse and broad as far as that goes, which would be somewhat expected from, you know. From Columbia, yes. Yeah, yes, exactly, exactly. Very cool. Well, let's uh, just switch modes just a little bit and talk some about kind of the the, the team aspects out of things, tournament prep, that kind of stuff. Um, and talk some, like I said, I know you just had your first tournament last week, I guess it is. We've got another one coming up. You know, again, I know y'all are a little different in, in terms of not being able to get to the golf course maybe as much, but what does, you know, kind of tournament prep look like versus just a, a regular week or, or just in the sense of getting ready to travel and those kinds of things? What's that look like? Um, it's 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 kind of it's kind of stressful for me just because it's just we because we don't have a lot of time this year in between tournaments. The girls haven't played together in one point five years, you know. I think I'm in like evaluation mode, quite honestly. I, and even though I've got to get into performance mode with, with a few players that are, that are probably not ever going to leave the lineup, I am still in evaluation mode. It's like coming back off that break, you know, and not seeing someone hit a golf ball in a year and a half. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of like, y'all will start over, you know? So we had a qualifier before, um, Boston College and then we had some qualifiers you know players that that earned their spot out of Boston College um, don't have time to qualify in between Princeton because there's only one day that, that wasn't you know that's available today um, for that um, so we'll play a, a similar group um, at Princeton and have some more qualifiers going forward but um, yeah I think I'm in evaluation mode still right now um, it's just, it's been a long, long time off, yeah. you know, for them. And, and while most of our, our players did play competitively throughout the year and some were living in Florida trying to play as much as, as they could, um, it's still a lag time without college golf. Um, it's, you just didn't, you know, you just didn't have that same, it's just not the same flow of schedule, you know, that they would have had otherwise. So they, they played here or there in Florida or they, you know, pick it up and up the events in the summer, you know, in their states and, and with some USGA um, qualifiers. But but even at that, um, it it's it's still different. felt reduced. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's like, it's just like I said, the, the, the team, I mean, all of that's going to be individual stuff for the most part, them doing it kind of as their own thing, as, a, as opposed to the college side of things where you're doing this with a team and everything's mm -hmm. kind of centered around, you know, the, the team side of things mm -hmm. and what everybody else is doing. And all that, which, you know, brings up a, another kind of point of, you know, how do the girls and how do you as the coach, you know, in terms of getting all these groups of individuals together as a team, I know some coaches are big on team bonding and doing things. Yeah. Others don't do set specific stuff. Um, but, you know, what are some of the things that, you know, to just to keep them somewhat, you know, sane and in a healthy group of girls, but yet allow them to be individual, knowing that that is what, especially for you all haven't been completely individual for the last year and a half of, most everybody's golf being individual. Yeah. I, I'm a, I'm a, I, I coach golf as a team sport. No question about that. Um, I ask that everybody contribute um, in, and you've got to find a way to contribute if you're not contributing with score. So, um, you know, there's so many seats in, in the van. Let's say we're at a max 10, which we are at a max this year. We have 10 players and um, yeah, you have to contribute. 
like you, you can't, you can't just have a seat in the van just, you know, for a ride to the golf course, there has to be a, a daily contribution. Um, and, and, and like I said, it, it has to be about other things than golf score, right? Because at the end of the day, you're going to qualify, you're going to play tournaments that the scores are going to fall where they're going to fall. Someone's going to make it and someone's not. And you still, you know, if you're going to be a part of the group, there needs to be a value add contribution coming from everybody. And that, I think that's the one thing, Brandy, that I've learned um, in, in the, these last, you know, seven years at Columbia is that the, the, the depth of the human and the value of the human and what they bring to the table is, is very, very important. Um, and it's not just about the numbers um, and it's not just about the competition. Um, and it's not just about whether you win the tournament or not. And, and that was a big adjustment for me learning, you know, that there, that there's more to this than whatever score they shot that day. And let's figure out ways to communicate that. And let's figure out ways to, to build a culture that embraces that and still try to compete, you know, and it's, and it's a fine line. And I find myself, you know, being, being grateful a lot. For, for everything they're, they're doing. And I was thinking this weekend, I think I'm about to be being too nice about it. Like I need to say, okay, enough with the nice stuff. Like, let's get <laughs> yeah. on with it now and try to beat somebody. I mean, yeah. you know, I'm proud of you guys, but, but let's go, yeah. you know? Um, so I've got to find some new words for that um, here. Um, yeah. That's, and, that's and interesting. Keep it, and keep it moving. Yeah. I think it's the culture we all, and I mean, again, I'm sure it's, you know, different for the Ivy leagues versus the, top D, low D, all of that for just that culture we're living in right now of, you know, wanting to expect more and man more, be, be competitive. But yet, like I said, knowing it's more about the whole person and what it's, you know, it's not just about score. We preach all of that, but yet at the end of the day, you're kind of like, you know, but at the end of the day, it is kind of about your score yeah. and what you do, you know, it's, it is, I know it's such a balance and it's, it's, I, you know, I don't see it the way you all as coaches see it, especially I think your jobs rise on that a lot of times that, you know, especially in different, um, different scenarios and stuff like that of having to just find that balance and again, not be so mean that like you, you know, you just become that person, but yet, you know, like I said, finding new words and new ways of, of kind of saying, all right, well, we're here. Let's, let's kind of, let's go to that next little step a little bit, which sometimes takes being a little more, um, it said mean about it in a way. Yeah. And, and I, and I think what's hard for me and I actually, you know, had a, had a call from a grumpy parent this morning, you know, it's like, I mean, we, we, we just don't, we can't just roll out to the golf course and qualify nine holes every day. Yeah. You know, I have to assess how, how tired they are from travel, how much sleep they're getting here in this environment. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of moving parts in in this academic environment that have to be, I have to be aware of, Um, you know, so it's, it's not functional just to roll out the day one day off and roll back out to the golf course and play 18 more holes. It, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it just does not work. <laughs> so I, well, I just, I mean, like I said, it's a whole process in itself just to get there and do it and, you know, get back and, you yeah. Know, and you just so can't, think you about. can't push them. You can't push them to the, to the brink, um, um, here. Um, it just doesn't functionally function that way. Yeah. yeah. Um, Makes so, sense. You know it, that, so that in of itself is a challenge, right? So you have to find ways to be creative, which I'm probably the least creative human, you know, that you've ever met. But, um, but we try, you know. Yeah. So anyway, good, uh, good. Coach Holder, Coach Holder always used to say, "A mule can try." I said that to 
to Lauren this weekend, they were going to win, you know, they were doing playing great. And I said, okay, well, good luck today. And she goes, we'll, we'll try. Yeah. And I, and I looked at her and I said, a mule can try. <laughs> that was That's pretty great. funny. That's yeah. Yell played, yeah. played great this weekend. That's awesome. That's funny. Um, well, let's see, let's get a little, maybe on kind of the lighter kind of fun side of it. And what, this is one question that I, I had everybody that wanted me to ask all the coaches is, you know, what's some of the team's favorite food, favorite snacks, favorite places to eat. That's something everybody always wants to know about. So what's some of, is there anything sure. unique, um, or just typical or what is that? I, I don't know how unique we are, but in, in pre in pre, so Columbia won't let us eat in restaurants still. So we're, we're eating out of boxes, but, um, but in the, in the, in our past life, we would be able to go, you know, and we have uh, a kind of a passion for pho, you know, so we eat a lot of Vietnamese food on the road, no matter where we are. Um, it's, it's very nutritious. It's quick, it's easy and it's affordable. So a ton of pho, P-H-O, pho, 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 however you say it. Um, so that's kind of our go-to low-hanging fruit everybody loves. And um, I also um, love a good steak dinner personally. So when we're at a place where we have time, like on a, if we have a 54-hole tournament with 18, you know, each day, you typically then have one day where you could actually, you know, have a meal and, and be able to digest it. Yeah. Um, so that, that was, that's always something that I, I like to do. And then Everybody that knows me knows that I'm an ice cream hound when I'm on the road uh, with golf. So we try to have ice cream as much as possible. That seems to be a very, uh, talking to Coach Garrett, Western Kentucky, and he said the same thing. It's always about fine. They're coming here to Greenville and like, where's the good ice cream places? And I'm yep. like, that is, that, that is something I feel like is the thing with yeah. uh, the college girls and, and teens. Yeah, we rolled, up, we rolled up on the Randolph Dairy Bar uh, Saturday night after 36 holes, and I had an amazing soft serve hot fudge sundae with walnuts wow that sounds pretty good it was delicious yeah that sounds pretty good i can't do much dairy but man some good homemade <laughs> ice cream is if it's uh i might regret it after but it is that i can see where that especially just you said even if it's I mean, obviously the colder days especially being on the golf course and it being hot like yeah. it's hard to um you know hard not to just want something like that so yeah that makes sense for our on the course go-to is is the classic uh the people love peanut butter and jelly um little turkey action seem to be you know they'll do okay with that uh grapes carrots clementines um you know a bar here or there plenty of water yeah and uh yeah. try to try to keep her try to keep her moving keep it simple Little yeah, almonds yeah. or nuts, pretzels, things like that. I hate I hate passing out lunches. So this those that also know will know I I um it's you know we don't have an assistant coach and I have to spend quite a bit of time you know making sure people have snacks and food, especially on thirty six whole days, which are obviously what we play in ninety nine percent of the time. Yeah, and uh, and I I do not love it. I do oh, my yeah. best, uh, but <laughs> I I would prefer to uh, have a different strategy there. I haven't figured out. <laughs> how to feed everybody by myself yet. So yeah. Anyway. Interesting. It's well, it's those little without, things without requiring them to carry it all themselves, obviously. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. That makes it, uh, yeah, makes it so again, that was one thing I was talking about with, you know, some of the coaches who, you know, just in terms of communication and stuff and the difference in ones who have full-time assistants and some of these yeah. little things that the coaches who don't have to do. So, you know, something like that, you know, just the, the coordinating of all of that and being the, the mom manager and all that stuff all together is, uh, 
it's a lot, you know, and it's not just the, the coaching piece of it. It's those things. Well, with that, I mean, talking about some of the, the things you don't like, maybe that's one of your most challenging <laughs> things. Uh, maybe I don't have to ask that question, but I think you got uh, it. Yeah, I guess uh, your most challenging thing is giving out lunch. So we got that question uh, checked off, but we will just, um, you know, we have covered a good bit. I mean, you know, definitely want to cover the, the funniest thing, but maybe just, um, you know, is there anything, whether as a whole or something that stands out that's just been kind of the most rewarding thing that you've had, or again, whether it's just encompasses something in general or something that stands out, what would that maybe be? I, I don't, I mean, I don't know what the most re rewarding moment per se is, you know, I mean, I think my brain kind of goes to a golf moment, you know, in, in that, and I, I don't know yeah. that I'm quite there yet, Yeah. but, but, you know, this, this environment, like I said, is just, it, it's taught me so much. Um, oh, my alarm's going off here. So uh -oh. it's, it's, it's tough. Is it so time to deliver lunches? No, it's time to, we have a head coach's call on Thursday at two o'clock. So gotcha. it's, time, it's right. time for that, but I don't, right, but I'm well. not going to that today because I'm here with you. Okay. So, um, you know, it's just, it's just taught me so, so much about the, the, the total package. And I, you know, I think that I, I was in a frame for a really long time that, you know, you go to, you go to college and, you know, for me, it was um, try to play, right. Make the team. And I was, you know, just had a, I, I think I was kind of wild, you know, I was just party a lot and hang out with my friends a lot in college and, you know, lived that life and then thought I'd go on and do something else, whatever. And there was just, it just felt more um, in the moment, you yeah. know, and I think what I've learned with these players at Columbia is, is that, you know, they're just, they're really broad global thinkers. Mm -hmm. um, they, they're, they're thinking about what they're going to do, you know, 10 and 20 years down the road, they're really positioning themselves, trying hard to make a move um, career wise early and their studies are strategic and interesting. And, um, you know, not that, not that we weren't strategic and interesting, wow. but it's just, it, it, it's just a whole different, different ball game. And um, it's been a real pleasure to learn from them and to, to be, a, uh, to, yeah, to learn from them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I can hundred percent say that of, of seeing, yeah, how different and, you know, trying to not fight the, you know, well, this is how we used to do it. Or this was, you know, like trying to not be so old school about certain ways. And oh, like, don't worry. I know. get stuck. Don't worry. Yeah. I yeah. get stuck. And then knowing where that is, because sometimes you do want to tell them that like, it's okay not to have your whole life planned out. It's okay not to be thinking. Oh, you know, I do. I say it all yeah. the time. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, for me, you know, I, I went to school and didn't, my major was based on the fact that I wanted to play professional golf. I wasn't thinking about what I was going to do. I wasn't thinking yep. about I mean, for me, I mean, I was, but it was just centered around one thing. There was no backup plan. You know, there was no thinking about this when I was in high school, of which school I went to and what, you know, there was, but not in the, the same way. And yep. yet, you know, starting to see that somehow the kids are and somehow they are is, is not, you know, a terrible thing and a good way to learn from it. And, um, you know, and, and I think having, so you said, when I asked that rewarding moment, I think too, a lot of coaches sometimes want it to be, you know, something and obviously you want to put everything into what the players do and, and what you see from them. But I know for me, some people ask me like, what, you know, the best thing about my business and what I've done, mm -hmm. and I will 100% say a lot of it is the growth that 
I've had within it, what I've learned from the girls and what they've mm-hmm. taught me and just what having this business and that responsibility for them has, you know, has changed me. And I think that's okay to be the rewarding piece of what, you know, all of us kind of do. And yeah, I obviously at the end of the day, it is about the girls and what they do and yeah. seeing that. But sometimes when you, you know, the more, the better you're getting, the better you are for them as well. And mm-hmm. seeing that is as, as rewarding as those, like I said, those golf moments where they, win a championship or win a tournament. And, you know, th- those are, those are there, but there's, those are still so like, not superficial, but, um, you know, I guess in a way that's sort of expected maybe and the, the unexpected is seeing how much, you know, you, you change because of the girls, I think. Oh, a hundred, hundred, hundred percent. Yeah. And they, 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 they keep my lingo, you know, fresh. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I know my niece who is 12, I guess she's 12. She said something, she called her, <laughs> her outfit the other day fit. And I was like, oh my goodness, I guess that's like the new, you know, the new thing is calling, you know, their outfits fit instead of an outfit or said, well, you know, it's how you like my fit. And I'm like, oh goodness. Like I tells, you know, tells me how far. And I like to try to feel like I'm somewhat still in that again just to try to somewhat relate to the girls and then a lot of times I'm like y'all just um nope not even gonna try you're you're living in another world when it comes to some of the lingo and things that you're doing it is definitely far removed from and for just from how we were that day but I'm sure we had our own little lingo and weird things we said that I'm sure (laughs) our parents and and coaches (laughs) rolled their eyes at I'm sure so I I promise you that my I promise you that my golf coach and Pitts, all she did to me was roll her eyes. There's no question. Oh, oh God. yeah. Well, mine, Mick's still down at, you know, he's at Alabama yeah, now. And I can only imagine, you know, yeah, the stuff he heard and thought and, and thought we were just stupid and crazy and, and everything. Constant eye roll. Oh, no yeah. question oh, about yeah. it. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yes. I could, I could never apologize enough for, I mean, there's just not enough, there's just not enough time on earth to go, yep. to go back and. Yeah try yep. to fix that so him and I'm, I I'm just lucky that it worked out the way, the way oh, I, I told that to him we did a podcast earlier this or I guess it was right before it was actually right before COVID I went down and saw him and Corey at Ole Miss and um Ginger when she was at Mississippi State and but Mick and I got you know we got to do it face to face and talked and I mean mm-hmm. yeah I was like I you know I was like I just I can't even like imagine just I, I can't even begin to say all the things that like I can't believe I didn't put you through and yeah. and you know Oops. um Oops. yeah Oops. It was because uh, I was like you definitely way caught up in, you know, even though my goal was to play professionally, I still didn't act like it, you know, 90% of the time you would have thought I was just a regular college student running around acting, acting crazy like I didn't have responsibilities to, to do what I needed to be doing. But yeah, I get it. I mean, I, I wish I had just a just a, an inch of the work ethic and fortitude my team has now. Yes, yes. Yeah. I mean, oh, just yeah. a, just an inch of it. If, if, if I had had a, even an inch of that. Yeah. Um, I, I'd have done just a little bit, little bit more for myself. There's just no question about it. I mean, some of their work ethic is just, it's, it's so admirable. I, well, I can't even get my head wrapped around it. It's it's nuts. Well, I think I joked with Alexis who's there. I took her to a tournament when she was still in junior golf. And I mean, she's got like, I mean, she's five steps ahead of me with everything. And I'm like, you were so, you were, I'm just like, oh, that's that's a special one. That's a special one right there. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, we'll just figure it out. And she are, you know, like everything was just like packed perfect and like, you know, all this stuff. And I'm like, I feel like I'm learning more from you during these few days than like I had learned it like through it all because yeah, everything just perfectly. And, you know, yeah, there, there's some extremes of that, but it was just funny. It is funny how, um, how much more 
work and you know organized and and together some of them have it then definitely than I did at that point yeah she's she's a she's she's something else certainly yes. certainly the well I mean that's a different podcast yeah yeah <laughs> yeah she is she's uh she's a she's a good one very good one um all right well let's finish up with I, I'll try to hold you long enough so you don't have to get on your your head coach's call I, I, that's okay uh, yeah um, but do want to, uh, maybe kind of wrap it up a little bit with, you know, sharing what maybe is the funniest thing that's happened as a coach or even in your college days. I know we kind of just joked about some of that, but is there any one story, a tradition, anything like that? That's the funniest thing. You know, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I I'm sure there's, there's plenty of things. Funny. I don't, I don't know why there's, well, there's one thing that, that, that I have a memory of it is from a long time ago. Okay. It was at, it was at OSU. That's um, there was a, a, a senior skit or something at the national championship. Yes. Oh yeah. I was part and, of that one year. I remember that. Yeah. And, and Maria Bodan, who was Swedish is Swedish who played at, at OSU. Great player. She's, I think she was four time big 12 player of the year, four times, four years in a row okay. wow. anyway. And was all American a few years. Um, I have this memory of she she took my I wear so I have it like a uniform and I and I have it on now. I wear kind of the same kind of clothes every day. I wear a t-shirt, okay? Yeah. So like a white t-shirt, a black t-shirt or today a striped t-shirt yeah. special for you and I wear chinos. So okay. uh, 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 navy khakis, you know, navy pants or khaki pants, chinos. And I don't wear any like modern I don't like modern fabrics, dry fit okay. stuff. I wear it on the golf course cuz I have to, but I don't like interesting. it, okay? Interesting, interesting. So so anyway, um, but she got my chinos and, and, and then I, and so that she was impersonating me in this skit yeah. right, with my own clothes on. And what's <laughs> funny is that was, uh, in probably two, 2000. Well, right? I, I would and say I, that that had been a little bit before me. She was probably, I, if it was when you were assistant, that was about the time I was coming yeah, through, but I wasn't, I was, I was either an assistant or it was my first year's head coach. One of the two, yeah. like right in there. And. And she was impersonating me up there and making fun of my clothes. And then to think about how funny it was that day and that I'm still wearing the same <laughs> outfit. Funny. Yeah. Yeah, so, that is. That's that. I mean, yeah, yeah. like you said, that would have been because, yeah, that'd been 20. Because I, yeah, that would have been. But I just have this memory of her, you know, and, I, and she there. was laughing so hard in the skit with my clothes on, which is funny in of itself, how big yeah. the pants would have been on her. And then, and then I, I don't know. <laughs> Well, I, that was really funny. Yeah. Well, I'm terrible when people ask me like pick out those like the funniest moment or this. Like I'm horrible with coming up with that stuff. So I, I don't know yeah. why it popped up to me, but when you sent yeah. the questions, that memory popped yeah, in. Yeah, that's I good. Though. I must have had a big. I must have had a big kick at it. But yeah, but, you know, I, I I think that every. I don't know. It's not that every tournament's a good time. I mean, certainly mm-hmm. some of it just is feels like you never want to do it again. Let's be honest. But yeah, yeah. it really is. What a blessed what a blessed opportunity in life, you know, I've been able to have in this game. I mean, it's just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think one of the coaches said it, like when you put, you know, five girls together on a bus and, and the coach, like, you're always going to have like funny moments. There's always going to be something. There's always going to be some inside joke. There's always going to be some kind of prank played or something, you know, you just, you know, when you get that many different kind of personalities and you're spending that much time together, I said, there's definitely going to be some tough times and, and some drama and some, you know, some tense moments, but the laughs and the fun that comes from it. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to pick out. Like I said, it's, it's hard to pick out just, just one. Some coaches, you know, they do, they have that one thing or that one tradition and then others are, you know, it, it's hard to just narrow down to just one. 
which is not a bad thing because like you said it just tells you how how much fun it can be and, and that was a big point doing this for me doing this podcast was to shed light on what college golf is really like you know I go through this process with all these junior girls who just have this like idea of it and I want to go and see it on both sides of things because I mean the real side of how tough it can be and and how hard it is and bringing you know groups of individuals together and the best girl in their high school team you know everybody comes together to to have to compete and what that's like but yet you know how how much fun it can be and and the memories and the you know what that does lead to and just to kind of make it seem a little bit more real to them I guess as they're going through everything well I you know I I think that you know, the van time is, is one thing, but the, you know, they, the girls and all teams do this. Like they, they spend time together afterwards, you know, so they go to dinner together and they do this and, and then they just, it's, it's always a nonstop, you know, creation of fun. And, yeah. you, know, the, you know, Rich Parker at Dartmouth always says this is that college golf is a hundred percent worth it. Yeah. Like it's, 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 it's hard, you know, it's hard. It's hard. Everything kind of is hard. It's a lot. There's long days, 6 AM, 6 PM, 36 holes. It's hard. Mm -hmm. It is a mental exercise of will, but it is so worth it. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it, it, it is, it's just, it's just really, really, really worth it. And I mean, I'm still, you know, to this day, talk to my my teammates, um, you know, from college and we don't ever talk about golf. We, yeah. Yeah. We always talk about all the fun, stupid stuff we did. And, you know, it was just, it was just great. And there was, and I thought some of it was terrible too. Sometimes, (laughs) you know, I remember being mad. I didn't go to this and mad. I didn't go to that. Yeah. Why yep. did I come to school here? And why did coach do this? And what about that? And Well, and you should realize how good we had it. I mean, especially if you were on, you know, pretty good money as far as scholarship goes. And yeah, I mean, I, you know, went to firm and we were a little bit smaller budget, not quite all the bells and the whistles from an athletic department, but you know, we had great, you know, academics and all that. But I can remember one of the girls who stayed for a fifth year and gosh, she was just like, she's one of my good friends. She was so ready to get out of there. She's like, I just, I'm so done with this. Like, and you know, we look back, we're like, what were we thinking? Yeah, what like, were we thinking? All I had to do was play golf this and practice. the greatest you know, thing like, ever. Yeah. Everything was paid for. All our food was I paid know, for, you know, somebody booked our flights. Cause especially then you went out and played on tour or if you went and got a real job, either one, like all yeah. of a sudden you were responsible for it. For your travel for everything and we're like what like why did we think it was so you know so yeah. much of the same that we just wanted to get over with and get out into the real world and think that like we were gonna you know be doing better yeah and I tell the girls that I'm like I know it's tough I know like some you know some people they hear you know oh I just love it it's just great like coach and I like we're just great and then some are like oh we're just just frustrated and I, you know the coaches did done, done this and she doesn't like me and she's not being fair or he's not being right. fair like I know everybody has different experiences with it but at the end of the day I mean it's a pretty dang good time you get to have and and blessing to be able to do it and in nine times out of ten it's a whole lot better than than the real world that's for yeah. sure and then just to be in a student in general without being an athlete like no, 100%. it's so much better and it's just it's uh it is it is absolutely worth it I think yeah uh, I agree. Yes. Well, um, you know, that's, I think we covered, I mean, yeah, I can sit here and ask questions and we can talk about all kinds of different stuff. I can talk all day. Um, all right. but any, um, we've got a few more minutes if you're, if you're, yeah, well, no, I was gonna, whatever you want to say. One other thing that I was going to say is, do you have, I know you've quoted some other coaches and stuff like that. Do you have kind of a go-to like 
motto or like kind of core values that y'all go on or just that like kind of go to you know kind of thing that that you kind of lead and coach by that you want to share before we do sure um so So i see your board behind yeah we have a white we have we have a whiteboard here in the office um and um and so that's actually from two years ago we haven't erased it yet um and and come in and we don't spend as much time in the office you know uh here hanging out as we did um, b- yeah. before COVID because everybody has to wear a mask indoors all the time yeah, here, but yeah. uh, we just kind of try to reduce those things. But a few things that I, I really um, was, was preaching and, and have still picked up on is that, you know, it's a total team effort, right? So you're only as good as your last man. So whatever the last man is, then that's, that's your baseline. And, and then what we're really trying to do is what I call raise, raise your base, you know, so you're going to just try to get 1% better at something every day. And, you know, I don't care, uh, Brandy, if they don't, if they get better at, you know, their, their reading skills or their, their time management or their calendaring of themselves or whatever those choices that they have to make for their social life. And then their academic life, I know they have to make choices. Um, just, just 1% better, just trying to lift up a little bit here and a little bit there so that you're learning and, and making progress, yeah. you know, trying not to make the same mistakes too many times in a row. And, you know, you're learning from life. I mean, that's, that's a, that's really what, what all, all I can ask for. Um, we had a, a motto that's on the board to that same context, which is be the tide that raises all ships. And, um, you know, every player has value. Every player contributes. Yes, some people is with score, but, you know, other people on our team do an amazing job, you know, communicating to the rest of the team about X, Y, Z, or they interpret what I say and they explain it to everybody. Well, this is what she means, you know? Yeah. Um, so there's just, there's so much, there's so much more to it, to it, to the total group. Um, so that's that's really been where we are, and and I think it'll be interesting to see what happens this this fall with our group, and then how we can you know continue to get to get better um, on the golf course, and 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 see if we can't compete for a championship in in April, because obviously that's the that's the goal. You know, you wanna you wanna you wanna get you wanna buy a ring. You know, yep. you wanna you wanna buy everybody a a memento of all of that work and effort. Um, and uh and have the championship so awesome i love it yeah like i said i'm sitting here looking behind you and see it all and i might have taken a screenshot while you were um, yeah back there so uh I don't know if it'll there's also little not, sushi but... there's also little sushi characters that christine chow that's um, cute likes to likes to draw up there so you have some scrunchy uh su- a four-leaf clover maybe yeah. or something yeah yeah you see some clovers up there with all the players names from that year and um don't confuse presence with productivity um you know so again like being I think that's Alexis's writing actually um so you know it's just being more than just present you you have to contribute so it's either a value add or it's a or it's a negative of energy and um and those things make a difference in teams and groups and and leadership and families it doesn't matter what group of 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 beings you have together yeah yeah awesome awesome I love it 
Well, I think we've about used up all of our time. And I know I can hear my dog who has been very good, but right outside my door is very anxious to get back in here after I have locked her out for the last hour now. Um, I hear the, the whimpering is getting just a little bit louder as we get closer and closer to um, to the hour that I've had her out. But I appreciate you jumping on. I know it's in the midst of, like you said, very, you know, very, very crazy time. But, you know, I was really kind of excited just to talk to some of the coaches in the middle of the, uh, you know, the season and, and everything getting going and everything. So I, I very much appreciate your time. And, and yeah, well, you know, we appreciate what you do for women's golf as well, Brandy. So that goes both ways. And, you know, you've uh, contributed tremendously as a player um, and you've tr- tr- contributed tremendously in the environment of, of leadership and helping young people um, find their dreams. And um, when they're, when their first dream may not work out to help them find the yeah. second one, which typically yeah. works out. Right. So yes, 99% yeah. of the time it works out. And um, I know, used you- that percentage last night on a phone call with a family or whatever, the 99% out of like the 90 or, or something like mm-hmm. that. So yeah, about how that percent is. And it's hard yeah. to tell young people that when they don't get what they want, but yeah. um yeah, or you know, when it doesn't look like what it did initially, that's what I tell everybody is I can't tell you how many of these girls, if you told, ask them what they thought things were going to look like mm-hmm. when they initially started this process or started playing and yep. what it looks like now and yep. yet they're happy and, you know, yep. you know, it's, um, it doesn't always look like what you, you think it's yep. going to. Yeah, I get it. But anyway, I, I want to thank you Thanks. though as well for, for all that you do for golf and for young people. And we need more people like you contributing to the game and in different ways, because that's the way it's going to continue to grow. So anyway, well, I appreciate it. I, I definitely do. And, and, you know, just in, enjoy getting to do this and, and provide as much information and insight and, and, you know, everything that I can. So everybody else coming up and, and moving along and, and trying to follow in the footsteps that some of us created and create their own paths and, you know, all of that. So again, I, um, I appreciate your time and I thank everybody out there who hopped on to listen to this episode and we will see you next time.
Thank you for joining me on this episode of Tap Into College Golf. For more information, you can visit www.brandyjacksongolf.com. That's Brandy with an I. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at bjacksongolf. See you next time.